It is interesting that 500 years before Christ was born, you could hire the services of a Baptist. A Baptist. What you would do is take a piece of linen cloth, which is common in that day, and let's say it's white, or any color you want it to be, and you would take it to the Baptist, and he or she would take it to their shop, immerse it into all their chemicals, pull it out, and hand it back to you the color that you wanted it to be. John the Baptist stood in the Jordan River and he said, Come and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. And the emphasis was not on immersion. It was on changed identity. And the Jews understood that. Just as a Baptist would change the identity of a garment, John was asking them to change their identity. And they were ready for a change. It had been nearly 300 years since God had really spoken to the church. Rome had them under control, almost in bondage, just like they were in Egypt, and they were ready for something to happen. And John came, this strange man, but they listened to him because he could not only talk the talk, he could walk the walk. And he said, I will baptize you with water for the forgiveness of sins, but there's one coming that's mightier than me. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Scriptures tell us that all of the Judean countryside and all of Jerusalem was coming to John the Baptist for the forgiveness of sins and the baptism in the water of Jordan River. But that's really strange. You know why? Jerusalem's on high ground. The Jordan, where he's baptizing, is on low ground. The distance, 20 miles one way. 20 miles one way. Guys, there were just not that many Hertz renomules at that time. They were all on the coast. 20 miles down to get baptized by John, 20 miles back. A significant sacrifice for them to do. But as I read and I studied, I realized that was not the greatest sacrifice. The greatest sacrifice is that they would even step into the river of the Jordan with John. See, in ancient times, people really revered their rivers and the bodies of water they lived around. They were sacred to them. They built gods to them and made sacrifices to them. They cherished the water. Not the Jews. No, not the Jews. See, they were Bedouins. They were wilderness people. They understood they needed water, but they didn't revere it like that. As a matter of fact, in Jesus' time, they thought that under the surface of the Sea of Galilee resided Satan, hell, chaos, and demons. There was not a great fishing industry until Jesus' time. And even the fishermen then didn't go in the deep water. They were afraid of it. They were afraid of the water. Why? It's always been right before us. Donna read it to us. It's right here in the Holy Torah that they had. The first book of the Torah, the first chapter, the first verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep ocean, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. They had been taught that it was a chaotic place, formless and void. Order had to come out of that. That's why God did creation. And so here they were, scared of the water. And why shouldn't they be? Every time they got around water, something bad happened. Think about Egypt. They had been there for 400 years, enslaved by the Pharaoh. And what did he do to the Hebrew children, the little boys when they were born? Tossed them in the Nile. He didn't want them to get too large. And then what happened when Pharaoh finally let them go and they're running in the wilderness and Pharaoh decided he wants them back? 
So he chases them and says, I'm going to get them back. I'm going to kill them in the desert. And they run and they run and they run. And then there it is, the Red Sea. They can't go past it. It's a barrier to them, to where God wanted them to be. Forty years in the wilderness because they had disobeyed God. Forty years. And when they were finally ready, God said, there's the land of milk and honey. Go get it. But lo and behold, the Jordan River in flood stage. There always seemed to be a water barrier with the people of Israel. So here they were. John plants his feet in the Jordan River and says, this is the barrier you've got to come across. You have got to repent because the Lord is coming. We have to make straight his paths. And I see it in my mind's eye that fateful day as Jesus appears. And John, his cousin, six months older than him, looks up and says, Behold the Lamb of God. This is the guy I told you about that's going to take away your sins. I can baptize you for the forgiveness of sins. He takes them away. And I can see Jesus walking slowly down to the Jordan. He doesn't look any different from any other Jewish man. But the way which he walks, the way he carries himself, it's different. The confidence he has about who he is speaks volumes. Jesus was a rabbi. I firmly believe people knew Jesus at that time. They had heard stories when he was 12 years old. He went to the temple. And the scriptures tell us that he asked such fantastic questions that the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they were all amazed at his questions at 12 years old. Not only that, they were amazed at his answers, which is amazing. And the Bible tells us that after that, Jesus grew in favor with mankind and with God. In favor with them. They knew him. And they were ready for a change. And this is the guy that John the Baptist said, he's it. And all eyes are riveted on this man Jesus as he walks down to the river Jordan. But then something happened that they didn't anticipate. He walked in the water. And then he said something John just couldn't believe. He said, baptize me, John. And John's going, whoa, wait a minute. Don't you, you're, that's not in the story. Come on. I'm baptizing people for the forgiveness of sins. I should be baptized of you, Jesus. And Jesus says, John, let it be this way for now. Because I'm fixing to do something that is the most fantastic thing you've ever seen. And we know the story. He's baptized by John. The heavens open. The Spirit of God comes down and a voice speaks. But we don't see what the Jews saw. Why are we talking about creation today? And then about Jesus' baptism? Because that's what the Jews saw. The water represented chaos and formless void. And here was a rabbi that was walking down into that water identifying with them. They didn't see a scribe or a Pharisee or a Sadducee or any rabbis walking down. But this guy stepped into the water and said, I'm going to identify with you. I'm going to be with you. And it meant something to them. They saw the creation story. And if that weren't enough, if that weren't enough, then they see the heavens ripped apart and this Spirit of God coming down around the face of Jesus Christ. And they remembered the creation story, how the Spirit of God came down on the face of the waters. And they remember, this is new. This is creation. 
This is what we've been needing. And if that weren't enough, then this booming, thunderous voice says, This is my beloved son, and I'm well pleased. And they remembered the creation story. How on the sixth day, God looked down and said, This is good, and I'm well pleased. Everything that they saw was the creation story. God in creation had brought order out of chaos. And when Jesus Christ stepped up out of that Jordan, folks, He ushered in, and they knew it, a new world order of peace, of love, of hope, forgiveness, resurrected life that would triumph over the evil they had seen for so long. They were riveted to what Jesus Christ was doing. And probably as he walked up out of that water, everybody wanted to say something to him, to touch him, to talk to him. If I would have been one of John the Baptist's disciples, I'd have said, sign me up. I'm going with you right now. But the Scriptures tell us that didn't happen because something else happened that was amazing still. And that's the fact that as Jesus was talking or maybe just waiting for people to, to come and say something to him, now you've got to understand this is in my mind's eye, but since I'm preaching, that's what we're going to roll with, is the fact that Jesus gets the tip on the shoulder. Jesus turns around. It's the Holy Spirit. He says, hey, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit says, hey, Jesus, listen, we are proud of you. That was a great job. Thank you. He said, now listen, Jesus, we've got to go. Why? Well, Jesus, we've got to go into the desert. Why do we have to do that? Because, Jesus, these people have seen the creation story in your baptism. We've got to finish the story. The story goes that God created everything, put Adam and Eve in a perfect garden. And then the tempter came. Satan came and tempted them. If you are really going to identify with these people, if you are really going to live with them and understand them, you've got another baptism to go to. It's in the wilderness. It's in the desert. If I were Jesus, I would have said, you know, I'm really not into that right now. You know, everybody's ready to go with me and, you know, you know, I'm ready. How long is this going to take? Forty days. Forty days? Oh, my gosh. Forty days. You know, after all this activity, I'm kind of hungry. What's to eat out there? Nothing. Nothing? Oh, my gosh. Am I going to have any friends out there? Wild animals. It gets worse. That didn't happen. The Scriptures tell us that straightway... Out of the water, Jesus Christ was driven into the wilderness for you and for me to identify with us. He did the right thing again. It would happen in Jesus' ministry again. James and John would pull him aside, their disciples, kind of get him away from the other disciples and say, Hey, Jesus, yeah, guys, listen, we want you to do something for us. What do you want me to do? Uh, You know, James and me, John said, would like to be, you know, Kind of on your right and your left when you come into your kingdom. Preferably thrones. Really? See, we, we, we take it out on James and John. They just wanted to be like their rabbi. And they had a trump card. Their mom was with them. She was. A Jewish mom. Can you imagine? My boys can do no wrong. Jesus looked at these men with compassion and love and hurt in his heart. And he said, guys, you don't understand what you're asking. Can you be baptized with the baptism that I'm to be baptized with? And I don't know what James and John were thinking. They were probably thinking about the Jordan River. Yeah, we saw you do that. We could do that. I wonder if John thought that very thought about being on his right and his left 
when he was at the foot of Golgotha with Jesus' mom, Mary, and Jesus spread out like this, crucified. Because, see, there were two people on his right and his left that day. And probably John realized in that moment that there was a little bit more to this baptism than he had anticipated. Every single time the Israelite people needed to get to a goal, there was a barrier there. And God let them face that barrier. And in facing those barriers, it changed their identity. It changed who they were. Every time they did the right thing, God saved them. He took them out of Egypt by Aaron and Moses and got them away from that cursed place. When they came to the Red Sea, God opened it up. And I don't know how wide it was. I don't know how far up the walls of water went. But I'll tell you, if you and I had been there, we would be terrified to go through there. But they had to take that step and go through there. We talk about it at baptism. It was their baptism in a huge way. After 40 years in the wilderness, they came to the Jordan River. It's in flood stage and God said, there's Jericho. Go get it. You're ready. And the priests had the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders and they're scared to death. Not only by being washed away by this flood of a river, but the fact that if this Ark of the Covenant tips, if they touch it, they're dead. And it must have took everything they had to take that one step and hear that splash under their foot. And then the water subsided and God made a way through it. Baptism for them. I don't know where you are today. The economic times may have left you not knowing where your next paycheck is going to come from. At your present job, you may feel taken advantage of. You might feel like that your family doesn't love you. You might have health problems that you don't see the light of day. You may be still struggling with things that happened to you as you were young. And we don't feel like doing the right things and helping Jesus usher in this order of love and forgiveness and goodwill and sacrifice for our fellow neighbors. But I promise you, every time we do the right thing, you remember your baptism. You remember it. And it's real to you. And you take it from this place. You might be like Peter today. You see the rabbi, you, you see him walking on the water and you want to come to him and you say, Jesus, let me come to you. But let me tell you something if you do that. He's going to say, come. He's going to say, step out and come on. And if you do, I promise you, he will save you. He will save you. So when you remember your baptism... And do the right thing. God will save you. But remember this. You're going to have to get your feet wet.